リンクスタート先輩先輩
This right here and this right now is probably one of my favorite things to do where I get to put y'all on game to a new anime show. And the show this week is something that a lot of people have probably never watched. The show this week as well is something that I know a lot of people are not too sure about and have probably never seen in many ways because unfortunately when shows are kind of locked into the vault of certain places it's kind of tough and it's kind of hard for people to really know and understand why they can't watch these shows or why they've never heard people talk about it right so i know for myself when i was hearing people talk about vinland saga all those moons ago i was kind of confused and i was asking why are so many people Talking about a show I can't find anywhere. Oh, it's because it was a Amazon exclusive. Well, the anime of the week this week is also an anime exclusive to Amazon Prime. And when I say that this show is one of the top three ones I found on Amazon, it's kind of crazy to me that so many people have not only like disdained the show itself, but have like went out of their way to not truly enjoy it for what it is. So now, if I told you, that Shonen is a leading marketplace, right? And Shonen is one of the top watched and searched things in the entire world. I understand that. But why is it that certain shows that maybe have a gang tied to it, like gang members, sometimes are overlooked, right? Like, why is it that certain ones like Tokyo Revenger or any other shows that are kind of pop in my mind, this one today is kind of like that attribute, but takes place in a multitude of different countries and also talks about some things that I think are overlooked and something that should be capitalized on because the premise of the plot line for this show tonight is probably one of those ones that you would overlook or if you read a brief description of it, you wouldn't care for. But if I told you you watched a few episodes and actually got very involved with it, you might see why. So. The show for tonight that we're gonna watch the first episode here is none other than Banana Fish. Banana Fish is probably, and I mean this sincerely, one of those shows that I binge watched, even though I'm somebody who has actively said you should never binge watch a show, I literally binge watched this show and I was so upset with myself when I did because I was like, yo, why is it that I found a show that nobody talks about and then I instantly start full sending into it and then now I'm literally left dismayed because of how it ends and it's so well completed. Oh my, I'm, I'm not gonna spoil anything anymore. I'm not gonna say anything else. Let's watch right now. It is an Amazon Prime exclusive. This is the first episode of Banana Fish. So I'll say this, the first episode of Banana Fish might not seem that appealing, right? It seems kind of slow. It seems like it takes a second for it to actually get interesting. And the thing that's interesting about the show itself too is that most people don't realize this entire show is highlighting the whole gang mentality and gang lifestyle, right? So this takes place in New York City where this show is specifically. And so Ash, that main character, Ash Lynx, he's a 17 year old gang leader and he was picked up off the streets by this mob boss okay like if you think of sopranos and you think you know like the mob lifestyle in new york city this takes it to an anime extensive persona and the craziest thing about it and why i love this show so much is that the fact is it highlights how detrimental you, not only your upbringing is but the mass conspiracy that's behind a lot of these gang members and how these big gang bosses and mobs that are ran by certain people might have intricate ties to not only government police statuses themselves 
yourself, Chiefs. This show is so well done, and it even like ties in a little bit of like a bromance that could be a love romance. I'm not spoiling anything, but E.G. and Lynx himself, the Lynxy, it's a really good show. I think in total, it might only be 24 episodes, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see. I know it's only one straight shot season, but it's a total of... Yes, 24 episodes. It's a one-season, 24-episode watch. And the craziest part is, I'm not going to spoil anything, in the last episode, when something major happens to a character, let's just say that the location is actually in New York City where it took place, and people leave bouquets and letters in set place to set character. In IRL, in real life, based on the anime itself. That's unbelievable, if you ask me. So I had to shout it out. There's hidden gems tucked away in so many of these streaming platforms. It is my mission to give you guys something new to watch and also give you my thoughts briefly on them. So that way you can decide for yourself if it's worth watching or not. <laughs> so now that we got that out of the way, we watched the first episode of Banana Fish, which is a Amazon exclusive, Amazon Prime. It's time to go into the news of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been almost two long weeks since I've last been able to sit down and talk with all of you. And there is a plethora of news out there, but I pick the stories that I am extremely interested in myself because I feel not only should you know about them, but there's going to be things attached to them as we move forward in this grand Activision we call life. Now, the first story here tonight is Tokyo Ghoul creator tipped for anime comeback. Now, I know what you're thinking. When I first read this, I jumped with joy because I thought, oh my god, this means we're finally getting a Tokyo Ghoul remake. Not just yet. That's not what it is. This is basically that there's another anime that the producer has been working on, the creator himself, and so there's some buzz around this new thing he's been working on that is supposed to be getting its own anime, hopefully. So it says that in the latest title, it's called Koji X. It celebrates its release of Volume 8 on December 19th of 2023 by opening a TikTok account with an announcement that the series has received a voice comic. Now, if anybody knows, the steps that are needed to become an anime show or to get adapted, there's kind of like steps to this. It's like trying to get something accepted, whether it be in promotional value or creating like a merchandise product. You gotta get your LLC, gotta get your business name, your titles, etc. There's steps to this, right? So if you've never heard of this show, I'm actually very interested in it because it is a very well-written piece with very interesting characters. And I'm excited because it's letting us know that even though some shows maybe have been overlooked over time or do definitely deserve to have a remake eventually, I'm actually a fan of this written show itself. So I just want to bring it to your attention to show you that there is new things coming out with how the progression of anime is going, but I do think that this is an inkling and a step closer to not only that, but I do believe some way, somehow, we're gonna get a Tokyo Ghoul remake. Mark my words, write it down, bet your bottom dollar, whatever you wanna say, there's going to be a Tokyo Ghoul remake, okay? I'm very excited, so shout out to the maker. Uh, I'm very excited to know that Sui Ishida, uh, Ishida 
is getting to have himself not only a new anime he's working on, but mark my words, we will get Tokyo Ghoul back. I believe it. Now, Ichiro Oda, eyes up for Emmy and Oscar awards for One Piece. Now, the One Piece Ichiro Oda raves about Netflix live action series as of his success and everything, and he reveals that his goals are of winning an Emmy or Oscar as season two draws nearer. So, if you've lived under a rock, or if you don't have Netflix, or you're somebody who has just no idea basically what's going on with all of this, the thing that's so cool about this article and why I think this is so immaculate and something you should care about is the fact that One Piece may just become the second ever anime-based product that can win itself an Oscar. Do you know that there's only been one anime in the entire world that's ever won a, an Emmy or Oscar? Spirited Away. Miyazaki himself. It's kind of cool to see that it's finally getting there to where we've always wanted it to be. And it's unfortunate that we finally had to make it turn itself into a live adaptation for it to kindly, kind of be taken really serious, but that's okay. I'm excited, I think it's gonna win some awards because if you took the time to watch the live action for One Piece, I don't need to say anything. It's the best One Piece entertainment out there to date. I know that might hurt some feelings, but Story 2 might back that up for me. So, uh, the next story that's number 2 for One Piece related is that One Piece Animation has announced, with in conjoint with Netflix and Wit Studios, that there's going to be a remake now, and it's going to be called The One Piece. Now, maybe I'm led astray. Maybe I'm just ignorant. Maybe I'm just not understanding it completely. But, um, isn't there still a One Piece going on? Isn't the show still going, and isn't the show nowhere near completion? Like, it's still got years in its final arc? So, why are they remaking a show that's still going on? And it even says here in this article, One Piece Film Red Animation Director Hiromo, uh, Hiromi Ishigami takes issue with this upcoming Netflix and Wit Studio remake, and he says, oh, it wasted all of our effort. Because basically, uh, yeah, we're just going to keep retelling the same story, and we're going to keep redoing it and redoing it and redoing it because you guys will still watch it and pay for it. It's unfortunate. And you know what's really funny? Is majority of comments I saw of people talking about this, they all said the same thing. They're like, oh, it's gonna have better pacing. It's gonna have less fillers. It's gonna be for the younger and the new audience to bring them into the One Piece fandom. Oh, so you're admitting there was a lot of filler. I'm personally, I'm upset. I think it's sad that out of all the shows out there, which I just mentioned, which was Tokyo Ghoul, out of all the great shows that had taken up, like literally dive bomb or deserve to have the treatment of being remade, we're doing one Piece, like really, out of every show out there, we've decided to do One Piece again. Little unfortunate, little sad, and I actually agree with the director from the movie Red. It's a waste of people's time and effort then if we're just going to keep redoing stuff. Un unbelievable. Now, the next story is that there was a little bit of a thing going around the web for a while, and a lot of people did not take it very accountably or nicely, and it is AI-generated art in official Keyblade anime, and I quote, is disgracefully embarrassing. It's an embarrassment. Keyblade X uses of AI-generated art in anime's ending theme video proves widely controversial amongst fans whose outrage on social media is made clear. Now, mark my words, and I'm gonna make a video on this, there is going to be AI-generated shows in the distant future. Mark my words, 
We really have no idea the scope of what AI's capacity and capability truly is. You have to understand, we're still on like the base level of what AI can do. We're like on the little chat GPT stuff, right? Where I type something in, it scans and gives me an answer. Okay, imagine you give it sentient thinking ability or have it digest the entirety of every animation, anime, art piece, everything in the world, and then you give it a plot line or an idea and then it animates it. It's not far from happening. As soon as AI becomes sentient, which is not hard to do again, I could argue there's people around us who aren't even sentient, we're gonna have a lot more integration with AI and anime. Just be ready. Like, I hope you know this. Unless somehow, some way, there's like standards or blockers or something made prevalent that stops it from happening, AI is going to take over a lot of things. I mean, just look at a supermarket, for example. You know how many supermarkets around me have self-checkouts? Do you know how many Amazon stores now, like if you go to Whole Foods, scans your hand? Like it's, it's getting to a place where it's gonna be less human engagement, right? Why would art be any differently? Why would any of this be any different? You might say that it seems impossible. It's just improbable until the unimaginable becomes in the forefront of possibility. Just be warned. Unless there's some kind of border or something set up somewhere, AI is going to be doing a lot, so just a heads up. Now, another story that caught my attention. If I asked you all, what do you think the most search anime was of all time? I'm sure we all have some guesses, right? Well, there's an article written, and it's, quote, Google reveals the most searched anime of all time. Now, I tried to take a guess and think what it could be before I even looked at the answer, right? So I thought of a few. I was like, well, if I'm going old school and thinking of animes that have kind of transpired over time and could be something that is well searched for or yearned for or like a good initiate, uh, initiations anime, a good beginner's anime, whatever it could be, right? I thought of Dragon Ball Z. Of course, I thought of One Piece. I thought of Naruto, Naruto. And I thought of like maybe even something that's like maybe a little bit more savvy lately, like possibly Attack on Titan. But I was set on One Piece, right? Well, uh, the winner, Naruto. The most ever searched through the engines of Google in all time is Naruto. How crazy is that to think that, and it makes sense, like the most searched anime in the entire world of all the search engines possible since it even started is Naruto. I think that's incredible. And honestly, it makes sense. Like think about how many people we've talked to over time or anybody anybody that you know that you met personally and you asked them like, so what's your first anime? What's the first anime you've watched? What's the first thing you've gotten involved into? And I'm pretty sure most of them will say the same thing. It's Naruto, Naruto, right? I'm not upset. I think that's actually very accurate. I think that's actually very prevalent and also very fitting. So shout out to Naruto for being the number one searched anime of all time. And now the last news story before we get into the awards tonight. <sighs> Crunchyroll has announced its official 2024 winter lineup. Now we're going to do an extensive full in-depth review and we're going to talk about the shows you need to have on your watch list coming up. I'll do a whole podcast on it because I think it's something that gets people hyped and also lets you know from my insight the shows we need to watch because I also said that the same thing with Freerin. It's going to be a bop, and it's been a bop. So I think the show we all need to look out for, which everybody talks about, is solo leveling for sure. But one that's been catching my eye is Metallic Rogue. 
Now, if you know nothing about Metallic Rogue, it's type of mecha anime that's coming out, and I'll go into more detail about it, but there's something about this lead character. She is very intoxicating from the persona of not only her character design, but there's a lot more to it with the backstory as well. So I'll save that for later, but for sure we'll get into that. And of course, shoutouts to Vinland Saga, AKA Peak Saga, for winning the 2023 IGN award for the best anime of the year. Take a bow, and maybe it could win the Senpai anime of the year too. But uh, I guess we'll have to uh, see as time goes on. <laughs> and that's the anime of the news. Now that we got that out of the way, and we've talked about all of that, we have gotten into the anime of the week, and we talked about Banana Fish and Ash himself, the devil, the blondish devil. We went over some news stories, and again, One Piece does not seem to stop making itself in the news for crazy reasons of all. But it's time to get into the most important thing as to why we're all here tonight. And when I looked back at the entirety of 2023, there are a plethora of things that stand out to me, but the most prevalent, of course, is Anime of the Year. So now, before we get into that, I have a list of categories that I personally would like to give the Senpai Awards to because not only maybe some of these intros and outros shows themselves genres, they have done something within this entire year that not only has helped to move forward the greatness of the genre of anime itself, but is constantly changing the persona of what we all like to view as anime and the culture itself. And I'll say this again, I'm very upset that we are still not a place, and I know it's probably not going to change anytime soon, that outside cultures of Japan cannot be considered an anime because it is not made from their culture. That's upsetting and unfortunate because just like Arcane with League of Legends, I think Blue Eye Samurai definitely deserves its spot as a contender for anime of the year. I watched all of it. It's a Netflix exclusive and they hit it out of the park. It's a French American made show. I absolutely loved it, and it's unfortunate, and I did a whole rift on it before, I won't say any more about it, but it's just sucking to know that I hope we can get more inclusive as time goes on, and open up that whole excitement of anime, because I think as anime progressively gets bigger, it's only right to involve more continents and countries and cultures to make their own stick of anime, right? Like, why does it have to be just considered cartoons, because it's American-made? Why can't Avatar The Last Airbender, if it's remade one day, why does it have to be made from Japan to be considered an anime? Just for the simplicity of culture related? It's neither here nor there, but I had to get a shout out to Blue Eye Samurai, because unfortunately, it is not in the award show. So, as we move forward, and we go through all of these categories, I will give you a little rift as exactly why I think they have won and stand out above everything else, right? So let's start with the best closing sequence. So now, within all of anime, a lot of the time, we all do this, and I fall victim and pray tell as well. When we watch a show, sometimes we get so excited with the show itself, if there are multiple episodes out and we start watching it, sometimes we can skip the outros because we're just too excited and want to get right back into the story. Sometimes we only watch the intro but one time, and if it doesn't capture our excitement or does anything to stand out, we can move right past it, right? EDs get overlooked so much, and the award winner for the first honor mention of the Senpai Award goes to, for the best closing sequence, 
from a show called Shangri-La Frontier. Keep in mind, that's the ending. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know how to explain this, but for some reason in that show, Shangri-La, if you didn't watch it, it was one of the earlier shows, I was so hyped and pumped to know that the ending goes harder than the opening for that show. And that's not even a debate. <laughs> the show itself is really cool. Because if you watch Dorohead, I think it's like Dororohead or something like that. Dorohi Dorohead or something. It's the one where like the guy's head becomes a reptile. This guy's head becomes almost like a bird. And the whole story behind it is really fun. I don't want to spoil anything and go outside of the ending itself. That ending is immaculate. Anytime you can show me an ending to a show itself, that's not like what we've all seen that are made into memes and everything, where it's like when your favorite anime character dies and it's the the ending and everybody's just kind of dancing to like a song in the background and it has like the whole cast this actually gets you hyped it's it's very well fitting it's kind of like a shonen base too maybe isekai but it's it's a really good show i enjoyed it i love the outro it actually captured my interest the first time i saw it and i had to verify it too and i went through the comment section on crunchyroll on youtube everybody was saying the same thing they were like what an ed unexpected so hype and i was like all right cool at least i'm not alone right so the first award for the best ED, the closing sequence goes to Shangri-La Frontier. Now, where there's an entr- uh, an exit, there's also an entrance. And let's just say, this was probably very tough for me to do. There are so many openings that are very prevalent with a lot of maybe closing of uh, franchises like Attack on Titan or even stuff like Oshinoko, where the song itself was the most searched song in all of 2023. But what if I told you it is none other than... I don't know if you guys have seen this show, but the winner and the second award for the best opening sequence goes to Heavenly delusions dog <laughs> it's crazy I swear to you, look at the first freaking pinned comment, best 2023 OP. I couldn't agree even more. Most underrated masterpiece of 2023. If you did not take the time to spend a moment of your time of anime viewership and watched Heavily, Heavenly Delusion, oh my God, that intro was the perfect captivation of the entire show itself. And I really mean that because if you think about a lot of post-apocalyptic shows and how the whole survival thing is, because we had another big one this season as well, which was ZOM 100, that intro is so effing good. Even if you've never seen the show itself, once you listen to that song and see the beautiful detail and hand-drawn designs of these two kids living and surviving, basically, in a post-apocalyptic world, the first episode, the first two, I'd say, episodes alone were sensationally captivating. As soon as I saw this OP hit, I was sold. Sold. I'm a thousand percent convinced that is the opening anime of the year right there. I'm telling you, best opening sequence, Heavenly Delusions. Oh my effing God. 
Tengoku uh, Daimakyo. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I don't care what anybody says. That is the best opening. So we have two awards already in. We went through the best closing sequence. Shout us to Shangri-La Frontier and the best opening sequence. Heavenly Delusions. Now, we're going to start going into some characters, animes, etc. and genres. So now starting with must protect at all costs. Now, a lot of these shows and a lot of these characters I've watched, the prerequisite of what I like to say as must protect at all costs, you must be younger than 18, right? If you're 17, 16, 15, and of course as a child, it's a character that you feel so ugh, connected to, you want to protect them at all costs. Nothing else outside of that. You want to see them have the best, you want them to thrive, and you want them to be at the best possible potential they could be. For myself, it goes to Apothecary Diaries, Mao Mao. Now, Miao Miao, Miao Miao, Miao Miao, <laughs> Mao Mao, I think this character, she is the MC of actual Apothecary Diaries. She is one of the most cute characters you could watch because her story, her persona, her character, I'm not going to spoil anything to all of these awards things and I talk about. I'm going to be very careful how I articulate myself and choose my words correctly here. Her character itself, within the first episode, right, she is infatuated with doing things that are quote-unquote related to apothecary, right? Creating potions, poisons, uh, basically testing her ability to react to poisons, creating things, herbs, remedies. She's like an old-school herbalistic doctor, if you think about it, right? Think of like an Eastern-based herbalist. That's what she is. And what's so fun about her and her character is not only her beautiful design, but she's made to be like somewhat of a lolly <laughs> and what's so funny about her too is she doesn't fall for any of the shit that any of the other girls do so like there's a very beautifully designed male character in this show and he basically kind of like gawks every girl that he walks by but she never falls for it and it really gets him excited because he's like she looks at me like i'm a worm i love it <laughs> you know and like her her demeanor her articulation skills and when she zones in when shit's about to pop off I want to protect her at all costs. The damn girl gets kidnapped in the first episode. No spoiler, you'll see it happen within the first 10 minutes. We got to protect her at all costs. She is so smart. This girl gets kidnapped and sold to like the kingdom to work in the back as like one of the helpers or something like that. And the people who stole her, they make half the income she makes, right? So let's say she ended up working for like the back and doing like little chores and stuff, right? So say she makes $20 an hour, they get 10, she keeps 10. Well, she's not only articulate, can she read and she's highly intellectual, she downplays all of it because she's pissed and she doesn't want to get them paid. <laughs> it's so well, she must be protected at all costs, okay? Out of every character I watched this season, she stuck out and I know it's a little bit of recency bias because it's still going on now within this fall season, love her character. Shout out to the third award, must protect at all cost goes to Mau Mau from Apothecary's Diaries. Absolutely loved her. Now, for best anime song, I don't think we really need to talk about this much because I'm pretty sure we all know what it is. It's from Oshinoko and <laughs> do I even need to say anything? Yasoba, uh, Yasobi, come on. If you haven't watched Oshinoko, this was the number one searched anime song in the entire year, and uh, you're about to see why. Look at 
It might seem hypocritical. It might almost seem unfathomable, but you may be asking yourself, well, Alex, how come that didn't win the best opening sequence? It's simple. Heavenly Delusions, the song it had, the connections to the artistry of that first intro, and the segues and the freaking switches, and oh, it was sensational. Don't get me wrong. This is without a doubt from Oshinoko. It's the best anime song of the year. It's not even argument. It's a, it's a show based on idols. Come on. It's the main character who freaking within before the show even starts in the prequel first like hour and a half intro episode. She's an idol. It's all about singing. It is so well done. That pickup, that drop, it's pop icon. It's sensational. That for sure, without a doubt, is one of those songs you would hear in like those memes where it shows like the guy in the gym super yoked out and working. It's like how I look in the gym and what I'm listening to. This is what they're listening to. You can't fight me on this. You can say whatever you want. That is the best anime song of all of 2023. And I absolutely loved it. It was so good. So good. Oh, man. Okay. So moving forward, we have four awards so far. Best closing sequence, Shangri-La Frontier. Best opening sequence, Heavenly Delusions. Must protect at all costs, Mau Mau from Apothecary Diaries. And best anime song, Yasobi from Oshinoko. Now, we're going to move forward with the best anime film of all of 2023. This may be a hot debatable pick. I'm going with The Boy and the Heron from Haya, uh, Hayao Miyazaki himself. There were a lot of people who were talking very negatively about this movie. There were a lot of people I talked to that also told me it wasn't that good of a movie. It wasn't his best work. It wasn't even one of his top fives. Now, I have a real big question to all those people. What movie did you watch? Because um, from what I saw and from the movie's concept of what it was trying to portray and the whole persona of understanding death moving forward and friendship, etc., for some reason the shows that have a deeper concept or a movie with a deeper meaning somehow gets overlooked. Like for some reason, I don't know if it's just the fact that it's a Studio Ghibli movie and everybody had a set persona of what they expected. How did you not enjoy this movie? I will agree. I don't think it's Miyazaki's best film he's ever done, but this is definitely a great one. I enjoyed the heck out of it. The dub English voice actors like Christian Bale and the plethora of other people were sensational. I loved this movie. I think it was immaculately done. I think a lot of people maybe didn't watch it in IMAX and didn't get that full immerse experience. But you can't hate on this. This just might be Miyazaki's last anime movie we ever watch. And I'm not trying to say that that should give him extra kudo points, but doesn't the guy deserve something for the years and years? I mean, he's the number one, I'd say, most popular celebrity in Japan from everything he's done. The guy's done movies for 20 years, it feels like. Probably. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Shoutouts to him. This movie was immaculate. And it is the best anime movie from all of 2023. I don't care what anybody says. You can hate. You can talk about Black Clover, Wizard Sword. You can talk about the Bunny Girl Senpai. You can talk about whatever movie you want. You are tripping if you don't think the fact that this Miyazaki movie and the actual message behind this and that boy in this picture, you're tripping. 
absolutely the best anime movie and it wins the anime senpai award for best anime movie now let's move forward with a couple different genres okay we're gonna go through a couple of them but i first want to start with the best animation so when we talk about best animation what show had the most unique style the most interesting concept and also one of the most engaging experiences from the show itself the winner is Zom 100. I believe this with all my heart. I will stand by this till my dying day. Zom 100 was one of the best new series from 2023. And without a doubt, the most vibrantly, beautifully designed anime this entire year. The first episode alone, when it takes you from the working Japanese environment and how these Japanese working men work ungodly hours, almost like MAPPA Studios, but that's neither here nor there, the type of way they artistically paint and design blood, the way they detail and orient the environment of the world, and almost add a cyberpunk futuristic fantasy-based element to a post-apocalyptic zombie apocalypse show is un- matched there's a reason why this show got animated there's a reason why this show has a live adaptation movie there's a reason why this anime just won best animation from senpai's perspective without a doubt my favorite show of animation style i was intoxicated intoxicated you cannot go back <clears throat> and watch that first episode and not tell me you didn't feel some type of way honestly it was so beautifully done look at the cover art itself if you look it up it's so well done. I love the uniqueness. I love the plot line. I love the progression of the story. For God's sakes, there was a zombie shark in here. Okay? Baby shark do 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 do. Zombie shark do 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 I loved it, man. You can say whatever you'd like. I still defend it. Zom 100 wins best animation. Now, let's move forward to the best action anime of all of 2023. This one pisses me off to pick because, again, I decided I would not hold the show itself in prison because of a lot of things that are the scandals and going on with it. The best action anime of 2023 is Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2, okay? I can sit here and I can spew all of my thoughts till I turn blue. I can talk about how MAPPA is terrible for its treatment with its animators, how it's upside down, etc, etc, etc. Everybody still watched it. Everybody still loved it. Everybody had watched it more than season one. And I cannot even neglect the fact of how intense this story was, especially in the second season. And a lot of the character design and things that happen if you really pay attention towards the back half of season two, you can actually see that the animation style does kind of pivot a little bit and get a little bit lackluster, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But the storyline itself and the action that's imbued within it, this is basically to me, it's action embodied. It is the shonen of all shonens, right? There's a reason out of the dark trio, this one is everybody's number one pick, and I see why. I admire it and I respect it. I'm not a shonen guy, but that's okay. I can still admire and see what's in front of me. The transition from the beginning, from the training to tournament arc, etc., into that Gojo fight and what everybody was tripping on, and especially the ending that's coming up for the season two, it's so well done. I cannot hate it, I will not knock it, I would be stupid to not pick it. The best action anime from 2023. The award goes to Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2. 
Take a bow, all you JJK fans. I know all the Gojo fangirls and fanboys out there. You can love it or hate it as much as you want if you don't agree with me. It's true. I only speak facts here. I will never mislead you, and I am only telling you the things that I see. It is JJKS2. So, shout out to JJK fans, and I hope that MAPPA does something moving forward. Now, let's move forward with the best drama anime. Again, just like with JJK winning best action, there is no debate here for best drama. It goes to Attack on Titan, the final season, final part. Attack on Titan, this is an over 10-year franchise. And when you want to talk about drama... Like, I'm not talking about novella. I'm talking about the rumbling and taking out over 80% of civilization and human beings. Aaron Yeager and the entirety of this final sequence of events we saw was some of the most dramatic cinema I've watched in anime. And I don't even care if you knew the ending or what was coming. I didn't. I kept myself pure. I was a virgin for the very first time watching it. I was like Mikasa after Aaron, RIP my boy. And she never became Jean Casa. I've said this and I'll keep saying it. She strapped on her Aaron Yeager chastity belt. She was buried next to him in all white with flowers. Nothing was on her. That's not a ring on her hand. This was the most dramatic ending in an anime I've seen. The sequence of events that happens within that final season, in just including the final part itself, is breathtaking. It's honestly breathtaking. And now that we have been about a month removed, maybe a little bit longer now, my heart still hurts. And it sucks to know that that was exactly the ending we all deserved. So shoutouts again. I am honored to say I was alive to see the completion of Attack on Titan. That's incredible. Hopefully my grandkids are here for the ending of uh, One Piece, but it seems like that's never going to end because they keep remaking it. But yes, the anime of the year for best action was Jujutsu Kaisen and best drama, Attack on Titan. Now, let's move forward with best comedy anime of 2023. I have mentioned this in the pre-show on Twitch. I'm going to shout it out again and give it its just due it deserves. Buddy... Daddies is the best comedy of 2023. Now, I know a lot of people have jumped on the hype train for Spy Family. Don't get me wrong. I know Anya's immaculate. Yours a gorgeous mamacita. Uh, f- uh, your, what's his name? Forger, Forger, whatever. I'm forgetting his name right now. The Spy Daddy himself. I get it. I understand it. It's all amazing. It's such a fun time. Now, go watch Buddy Daddies. And don't tell me this is like the comedy spin on Spy Family, but even arguably done better. And I know that sounds crazy to say, but I promise you, if you take the time and go watch Buddy Daddies, it almost just feels like a cinema movie you would watch that it's nobody even expected it. You went down to the movie theaters to watch it because you just expected to have a fun time with your lady or your boyfriend or your boys, whatever it is, your ladies. And you went and watched it and you left with honestly one of the best experiences you could have had. This was such a fun show. The different persona between both of them, the daughter that they're raising. It's just the whole way they even get introduced to the daughter. It I was laughing my ass off. I'll say I I literally LMAO'd. L-A-M-F-A-O'd. Unbelievable. Such a fun show. Extremely comedical. Uh, comedical. It's everything about it was so much fun. And the uniqueness again behind it, I could honestly say this could compete against Spy Family. 
It really could. If you put them neck and neck, I would not be shocked if people said this was the better pick out of Spy Family. Honestly, people like to laugh more. Not saying Anya didn't make people laugh enough, but I think the hype definitely deserves to be here too. So shout outs to Buddy Daddies in winning the best comedy. Now, the best romance anime in all of 2023. I know a lot of people like Karimia. I know a lot of people want to talk about level 999, the love story there, or even Skip and Loafer, but I'm going to say this. The winner for best romance in 2023 is My Happy Marriage. Not even a discussion, not even a debate. The fact you give me a character combination, right, of this prestigious family, and mind you, most of the beginning of this show, they don't even tell you that there's a such thing as powers, okay? When I was watching this show completely blind, I had no idea they were about to add superpowers, okay? They had soup. This is the best romance from 2023. You give me a character who was literally treated like Cinderella, her evil stepmother, evil stepsister, the dad who just didn't give two shits about her, and she was raised terribly, right? She was so damaged, so scarred, and she gets sold off to this prestigious family, to this guy that can't find a wife, could, nobody could ever stay around him, because nobody could understand him, and he's just a very strong-suited young man, but he doesn't have time for bullcrap or people just trying to get with him for his money, right, or his family name. What happens when the girl who's never been loved meets the boy that has too much love to give? You get the anime of the year for best romance, is what you get. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was so invested with the family attribute of their combination and her falling for this guy and him falling for her. And then they add the superpower element into it. And I was like, you're telling me this is only episode six? What else is left? So well done. I actually was surprised it ended as well as it did. And the fact that they added in the supernatural like powers, like almost My Hero Academia kind of vibe to it, you're going to be in for a great time, for a great ride, and I'm going to argue it is absolutely the best love story because can your love change the premise and heal the wounds that have been damaged to you, right? Like, can the love story that intoxicates all of us, does it heighten you to a different level? Are you able to ascend past the person that you could have been on your own and become a different level of yourself because of somebody else? That's what this is. I'm tired of the basic rom-coms and stuff like that now. The comedies, Harimia, Skip and Low for Level 99. This one was not only unique, this one is the best romance from 2023. Fight me all you want. I'll meet you outside. How about that? <laughs> okay. Now, to the best live-action series. I really wanted to do Yu Yu Hakusho but I'm not stupid. I can't do Yu Yu Hakusho. Without a doubt, the best live action of 2023 is One Piece. I mean, come on. I would be stupid to say it wasn't One Piece. I would be ignorant to say that the probably and possibly Emmy and Oscar award-winning series on Netflix called One Piece, it was the live action of the year. It is. I'm sorry to say I loved it. Like, and I mean this when I say this, this is still somehow a hot take, but I think people just don't understand it. And that's why they're actually remaking the series and calling it The One Piece because they know I'm right. This is the best form of One Piece to date. Pacing, spacing, 
Plotline, development, characters themselves, the adaptation of the actual actors playing the perfect persona of each actor's culture, race, ethnicity, persona, the way that their character design is, even from a live attribute, the way that their facial expressions are, the way they become the character. The best One Piece to date is the live adaptation. Fight me all you want. There's a reason why they're remaking your show, because they know it has too many fillers and it's way too damn long. Fight me all you want. The truth is the truth. Shout us to One Piece. You guys win the best live action series of 2023. Let's quickly go back through the uh, past winners if you're just joining. Best closing sequence goes to Shangri-La Frontier. Best opening sequence, Heavenly Delusions. Must protect at all costs, Mau Mau from Apothecary Diaries. Best anime song, it's Yasubi, for, of course, from Oshinoko. Best film, The Boy and the Heron, Fight Me. Best animation, Zom 100, Fight Me. Best action goes to JJK Season 2. Best drama goes to Attack on Titan, the finale itself. Best comedy goes to Buddy Daddies. Best romance goes to My Happy Marriage. And best live action series, One Piece itself. Now it's time to get to the most important sections in all of this award series. Now, the best new series in all of 2023. This was the hardest one for me to pick. Over anime of the year, over protagonist of the year, over secondary character, heck, even over continuous, continuing series and storyline. The best new series is something that I believe is in its own bracket of tier listing. So really think about that too. Freerin is that show that I've been pubbing so much because of how beautiful it is and the story concept of an elf outliving time itself, it seems, and now her trying to find progressional reason to feel, to have human connections, to, to even be alive. Because to her, what is alive when you live for freaking millennia, it feels like, thousands of years? The best new series. And the winner for the best new series in the 2023 Senpai Awards goes to Apothecary Diaries. I know this might be a shock for a lot of people, and I know a lot of people may have not even expected me to pick this one. This show is the comfort anime I needed, and I think we all need. Once in a while, you meet somebody in your life who is able to not only change your perspective on things, but has you even reevaluate your own self, and has a way of making you take a breath of fresh air, and even slows down time a little bit for you, in a world that seems to be constantly getting faster and faster, right? For some reason, Apothecary Diaries is that show. Apothecary Diaries is without a doubt the best new series from this season, from this entire year, and it's still going on. I was so ride or die with Freerin. For some reason, Apothecary Diaries, though, it was it. It's literally that show. It has everything you could ask for. It has the ability to be that show that makes you feel even more invested than I thought I could be. And don't get me wrong, Freerin, Freerin is sensational. I'm a, I'm a thousand percent addicted to Freerin. But the thing that's the difference between Apothecary Dyers and Freerin, Freerin starts to go down more of that shonen route because it's true. It does turn into a fantasy action show, even though it has some of the most immaculate story progression of emotional tendencies and our main character starting to know what it feels to be alive and to fall in love with others for some reason though apothecary diaries and mau mau and when you get these little side stories of her father the oh my gosh when she grows up in like the the geisha alley and all this stuff 
There's just something about this show that's it. Every episode, it leaves you wanting more. It is the best dopamine release I've had from a series in some time. This is the best new series this year. Fight me all you want. I thought it was going to be Freerun. Freerun got overtaken, and it took me a hard, cool minute to really decide on this. So shout-outs to you, Apothecary Diaries, for being the best new series of 2023. Now let's move forward and go to the best continuing series. Now there is a plethora of shows this could be. I'm sure a lot of people would expect me to just take the easy route and say JJK. It is not JJK. I don't believe JJK in season two is the best continuing series when you put it up neck and neck with other shows that are out right now. For example, I would even have Attack on Titan over it because Attack on Titan, oh man, how do you justify or put into a bracket the closing of a franchise, especially when we see it all come to pass and see what Aaron Yeager did as an entirety for everybody he loved close, right? I don't know, man. We put like Sasuke and he, against Aaron Yeager. Just saying, man. Sasuke's brother had to do some really tough stuff, right? The best continuing series is Vinland Saga, and it's not even a question. The winner is Vinland Saga, and let me tell you why. When I put together all of the list of shows I've watched this year, and I really digested every anime character involved in all of it, and the story itself, how is it even possible for someone to exist in a world of pure fighting, conquest, and your mission, and what you're bred to believe, and you see in the entire show, is to die in battle to go to Valhalla, where the gods are fighting and waiting for you. How impossible does it seem to find someone who understands what it means to have no enemies? Do you really understand what that means? Can you imagine in today's society, right, with good and bad everywhere, everybody deciding religion this, uh, Antichrist this and Satanism this, all this stuff. Can you imagine how crazy it would be to have somebody come out and just talk about neutrality and to let you guys know, like, none of it matters. There is no good or bad. It's just us in choices. Thorfinn understood what his father was doing. Do you understand that Thor's is one of the greatest secondary characters of all time? Next to Kamina, and I vouched for this. In season two, we watch Thorfinn, who spent his entire life chasing vengeance on the man who killed his father in front of him. What happens when that man is no longer around? What do you do? To watch Thorfinn go through so much character development, and to even be sent to the depths of hell for everything he has committed, the souls he's taken, and not even understanding what's the point of living anymore, to understanding that he has purpose now and he has passion and he understands he wants to change the world by saying that there are no enemies anywhere and he has no enemies, as he's getting punched in the face a hundred times by one of the biggest dudes you could ever see. My boy Thorfinn's is not only a true warrior, this was the most immaculate series I watched. Anytime I watch a show and I see so many people hating on it viciously and talking so much negativity about it, lets me know it's a good show. Anytime I listen to people talk about a show 
and have nothing but hypeness and good things to say about it and almost sound brain dead the way they talk about it, like JJK fans or One Piece fans at times, it lets me know there's something wrong here. It's like Car... There's... I can't forget. I'm forgetting the rapper's name. But it's this guy that has like this cult about him. I'll remember his name eventually. But like he dropped like a new CD and new songs. And it's like, put him on the news. Put him on the news. And everybody's like crying over this guy's music. It's like, it's not even that good. But you're just so committed to it, you'll believe anything. If you go back with an open mind and watch Vinland Saga Season 2 and just digest the purpose behind it, it's not a farming simulator, dude. It's literally the epitome of realizing your purpose to exist. God, I can go on and on. The best continuing series is Vinland Saga. Now, best storyline to continue the award season here and Senpai giving out the golden statues of greatness. The best storyline of all 2023 is Freerin. Oh my goodness. Freerin is one of those shows that is one of the most undescribable, and I almost want to put it in its own genre category, if it would be possible, right? The closest thing I can recommend it to, or relate it to, is Violet Evergarden. And Violet Evergarden is one of those shows where you're not sure what I'm watching, but all I know is I'm not only captivated by it, I am completely and utterly lost in it. I have no power to resist it. I am so intoxicated by it because we live in a world of so much mental and emotional instability. And how is it that I can watch a character who isn't even alive technically? It's just like being. Understand what it means to live, to breathe, to have friendships, to love, to appreciate, and to get to know the other side of those who are also part of the moment you're within, too. Freerin? Oh my god. I haven't watched a show since Violet Evergarden that consumed me so much, it almost put me on a distress level of good, though. It's not bad. A distress level of emotional instability in the best way possible, though. It became something that made me realize what we have and what we're supposed to do in this moment. And for some reason, it seems to be so lost in the sauce that thank God a show like this comes around. Thank God for Violet Evergarden. And it kind of kicks you in the ass a little bit and lets you know what you have and what you're around. Shout outs to this show because again, oh my God, unbelievable. So much, so much depth, so much progression. And the best part is I'm only halfway because we still got to go all the way to 24 episodes. I think we're only on 14 or 15 or whatever it is. Sensational. Absolutely loved it. It's the best storyline. Fight me all you want. Now, the last three awards to complete the 2024, technically, Anime Senpai Award Show. Best Secondary Character. Now, remember this. A lot of the time, a lot of characters we really love in shows are technically still main characters, they just might not be the protagonist, right? So it's kind of hard to gauge how I can choose, right? It's kind of hard to know, is this truly the only one I can pick? Is there multiples? Is this maybe something that would be technically a secondary character? So I kind of just looked at it more like 
the main focal point, right? There's usually one character per show, sometimes two, right? So if I use, for example, Aaron Yeager in Attack on Titan, I don't consider Mikasa and Armin to be main characters. I consider them to be like the top secondaries, right? Like the, the pivotal ones that are closest, like main secondary characters, is probably the best way to say them. But Aaron Yeager is the only protagonist and he became the antagonist as well. So for me, in my perspective, again, I could be wrong, I have the best secondary character in all of 2023 as Gojo-kun from Jujutsu Kaisen. Hear me out, please. So I know I've said very adamantly and with a lot of indiction, I'm not a fan of shonens, right? But I can't knock and I can't hate the game. I can hate the player, but you can't hate the game, right? Or no, hate the game, don't hate the player. For some reason, I feel like most people really don't understand the depth of Gojo. And I almost feel like the creator himself of this series had to nerf him on the anime side. Like, really hear me out here. When you watch a lot of those fights at the end of season two, or what's going on with Gojo-kun, and I don't want to spoil anything again if you haven't seen what's going on, I feel like this guy is just way more involved than people realize. The depth of his character, I know it's fun to like use him as memes and stuff, or to idolize him because of how powerful he is, but I almost feel like it takes away from the character himself. And what I mean by that is, let's go to ReZero, right? And in ReZero, they literally had to put Rem into a coma because of how much spotlight she was taking over Amelia. And it's not to say that Rem wasn't supposed to be that idolized. She was just overly idolized for the perspective of what she was supposed to bring, and Amelia became fodder. So they had to put her in a coma. I feel like the creator of JJK realized this, and he knew too that he had to change something because I think he really wanted people to be more consumed by not only the storyline, but the character in himself and his mortality, in a sense, right? When you see what Gojo does, especially in season two, I fondly believe this character is way more invested than I think I even realize. And I think he has so much to him. I know he sounds cool because of his, all of his power, his depthness, understanding like the inconsequential subdivisions and sub realms. And it's like, you have to study so much just to kind of understand what the fuck's going on. But I really think that Gojo-kun as a character is so well-crafted and well-devised, I almost fell in love with the fact of his character attributes over even his looks. Because I know he's supposed to be like ungodly beautiful, right? Especially his gazeling eyes and all the stuff that he can do with it. But for some reason, again, I just think that everything he does from a storyline's perspective, even going back to the first few episodes of the first season and carrying it all the way to now in the current position of season two, this character is him, dude. He is Himothy. I would really be stupid to not admit it. I mean, I know I like to talk crap and kind of make fun of the fact of like people just fawning over him for how good looking he is and etc. But I would be actually ignorant to the fact of not shouting him out and giving him best secondary character. Honestly. Fight me all you want. Say whatever you want. Gojo-kun is the best secondary character in all of 2023. Not even up for debate. I love this man. <laughs> it sucks to admit it. I love this dude, man. He's so cool. I love his soiree. He's so passive. He reminds me, if this is like a good analogy, of like a Ryan Reynolds from like uh, Deadpool. Doesn't he give you that vibe? Like he's just so strong, but he just, he wants to just enjoy the little things, if that makes sense. But absolutely had to give him a shout out. 
Now the final two. Let's end here for the 2024 Anime Senpai Award Show of all of the entire year we just passed through, right? Best main character, Aaron Yeager. Aaron Yeager has undeniably stapled himself as the best character in all of 2023. Really digest that, please. Really think about the intricacies this entire character devised since episode one all the way to the final episode. This character is the reason why everything happened and why nothing was able to be solved at the same time. There are so many people who had those arguments, right? When the show ended and people said it was all for nothing. I even said that, but I knew it wasn't true. I said it in a joking way, like, wow, it was all for nothing. He couldn't change anything outside of the things that were close to him. No, this man had the ability to do everything. He could have killed everybody he wanted to and reset the entire world. He could have euthanized his entire people. He could have decided to truly kill the entire world, but it wouldn't have saved the ones close to him, truly. He did the most incredible thing anybody had to do. And I know we were talking about, too, with Sasuke's brother and everything and the whole village and what he had to do with his family. And I know I saw those debates, right? Kill the family for the world or kill the world for your family, right? People would say, oh, killing the world for the family is easy because you don't know anybody. I don't know, man. Call me crazy. There's just something really, really dark about knowing both of those perspectives, right? I don't think easy is the easier choice. Either is the easiest choice, I should say. But for me, Aaron Yeager was not only so well devised, when I see these kind of characters have that human moment and you kind of see the softness in their hearts, even after everything, that moment he has with Armin and like the Titan founding power where they're sitting there kind of chopping everything up, sitting in the pool of blood, the ocean, everything. And he's really just showing that human element and he breaks down and talks about Mikasa and how he doesn't want her to love anybody. He wants her to mourn he wants her to mourn him and how he just wanted to be with her and how everything got so out of whack and so crazy. He was thrown into a reality he had no choice in. Since birth, he was thrown in I mean it's unbelievable to think about the trials and tribulations this guy had to go through since he was a child with his father, the things he had to do through his memories. It's just to me, there is no better well-written character than Aaron Yeager in 2023. The show itself and the way it ended was perfection. I didn't want it to end any differently, and I honestly don't want it to be any different way. I was in love with that show. I'm in love with it still, and I think it ended poetically in a dark justice way. Aaron Yeager, dog, thank you for <laughs> what a wild ride, and I would be stupid to not give you the award of the best anime character this year. Thank you, and also know I feel for you. <laughs> like, I really do. Now, the anime of the year. So, the IGN Awards, their choice for the 2023 anime of the year was Vinland Saga Season 2. I made an entire video on TikTok about it. I said a few things. I said in the video, Blue Eye Samurai should be the anime of the year, but it's not an anime, so it can't be. But I hope one day we can allow these really good animated shows to be welcomed in if they're somewhat playing the same kind of ideas, right? I also said Freerin was anime of the year because of how much I loved it and how much I was enjoying it. But when I rationally took a step back, digested everything, 
went back through everything I've watched and truly understood the volume of every minute detail to every single show I watched, the anime of the year is indeed Vinland Saga Season 2. There is no other show that came out this year that has the volume and the depth that Vinland Saga has. And I'm sorry to say that, because again, when you think of the entire switch this show does from season one to two, do you know how many people were lost from this show? Do you know how many people instantly were turned off because there wasn't enough fighting? There wasn't enough fighting? There wasn't enough fighting? You have to understand, this story is not your basic shonen or seinen. This show is not based off of the neutralities of what the consistency basis is that we're used to in this anime space. This show is not even related to any other show I can think of. It's based off of medieval Vikings. Do you know what Vikings lore is? What their blood and sweat and their freaking whole heritage is based on? War. Violence. Conquest. Pilgrimage. I mean, just like pillaging, I should say. And just, dude, it's so crazy how that time period consists of now. Like, we are completely desensitized to the type of environment pirates lived within, Vikings, medieval times, Crusaders, Roman, Greek, where they had these coliseums of gladiators fighting to the death. Now we have people throwing footballs and we get crazy if somebody hits them too hard. Unbelievable, but that's for investment reasons and money paying. Vinland Saga, I am so glad to say this and to staple it and to reconfirm that IGN picked it right. There is no falseness here. There is no riggedness here. This is purely conceptually understood through the entirety of the series itself and showing you what was right in front of us. Vinland Saga is that show. It is Himothy. It is peak in every attribute. I went back just to rewatch this to confirm it with myself before I made this statement. Vinland Saga is anime of the year. I have it over JJK2. I have it over Attack on Titan Completion. I have it over two of my new favorite shows, Freerin and also Apothecary Diaries. It is unbelievable. I have it over Bleach. Did you even hear Bleach once? And Bleach is freaking an icon in the industry. How about Bungo Stray Dogs in its fourth and fifth season? How about Dr. Stone? I mean, I can go on and on as shows that came out. Vinland Saga is that show. And I ask you with an open heart, and I mean this to my full extent, please give it the just it deserves and watch it with an open mind. Scale your brain up a little bit and stop just being consumed by what you see in front of you. That's the reason why Demon Slayer is so prevalently popular. It's because of its simplistic storyline and high volume animation style. But what happens if you take away the animation style? JJK would be above it, without a doubt. But it's not. Should be. I have no ill will towards any of these shows. Honestly, I wish I could give it to multiple ones. The three I was stuck between was Vinland Saga Season 2, Freerin, and uh, I have to say JJK was up there, just for its accomplishments and what it's done in a shonen realm, right? But to me, again, it's Vinland Saga. It is without a doubt 
not only one of my favorite animes of all time now, and I know that kind of sounds biased of why I would pick it, but there's a reason why it's my favorite. One of my favorites. There's a reason why Thorfinn is a character that's unmatched. Him and Aaron Yeager, they were neck and neck for best character too, but I couldn't take it away from Aaron Yeager. Aaron Yeager did something unthinkable and honestly unchoosable. So I hope you didn't get too hyped. I hope you were open to understanding my perspectives and seeing things from my persona but without a doubt those are the best shows and the best winners the best openings closing characters genres everything from all of 2023 here on the annual anime senpai award show for 2024 so we'll quickly go through them one more time just in case you just joined best closing sequence goes to shangri-la frontier best opening sequence goes to heavenly delusions don't sleep on that show it was in the i believe winter season of this year must protect at all costs mau mau from apothecary diaries best anime song of course oshinoko from yaosobe uh yaosobe best film the boy and the heron best action jujitsu kaisen best drama attack on titan best comedy buddy daddies best romance my happy marriage Best live action series, One Piece, without a doubt. Shout out to Yu Yu Hakusho. Best new series, Apothecary Diaries, the sleeper picked I didn't think I would actually choose. Best continuing series, Finland Saga. Best storyline, Freerin. Best secondary character, Gojo Kun. Best main character, Aaron Yeager, and anime of the year is, in fact, IGN got it correct, Vinland Saga Season 2. I thank you for being here tonight. I thank you for joining me every week on the podcast and shout outs to everybody on TikTok and on Twitch who are ever a part of these live podcast recordings. I have some new ideas moving forward into this new year. I have some new ideas for these podcast recordings. And I think moving forward, what I'm going to do, we're going to be more engaging with the live audience. So I want to bring more people into the family and I want to kind of highlight and emphasize that being here for the live show is the purpose of why we're doing this and is mostly where the most fun is. I'm going to engage with this audience more. I'm going to make sure I have this entire side screen now with both of the chats up so we can constantly talk and I can engage with you guys while I'm doing the show. It needs to be more connected. You guys are the premise of why I do this. So I love you guys for being here. And I'm very thankful that we could close out a good year. So my final thoughts for 2023 and the progression of where anime is going, I can absolutely say this has been a year full of shock and dismay in so many different ways. The fact we got to see the closing of a franchise and Attack on Titan animated in front of all of us was beautifully done. The fact we had to see some scandal and some hot zestness highlighting these harsh working environments a lot of animators have, especially at MAP and I'm sure at other studios, hopefully makes a change and makes some kind of headway to better lifestyle for those who bring us the things we love. We also got to see the vast craziness of how much anime is blowing up in the Western society. And it's good to know that we're still here at the beginning because we're very close to the Marvelverse and this just becoming a whole different entity. It's also crazy to think that we finally got to see this year the best live adaptation ever made. And who would have thought it's anything else than One Piece? How crazy is that? We also got an anime movie this year from Miyuzaki himself after 10 effing years. And so much greatness is still about to come. I'm so honored to know that throughout this year, 
of not only content creation and just being a part of this environment, but being able to watch something I love grow even more, it just feels good to know that there's no more gatekeeping. The doors are completely open and we welcome everybody, as Creed would say, with arms wide open, under in the sunlight. I love you all. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me. And a round of applause for the anime senpai community for being here for all of this adventure and for the growth and Everest, uh, Everest, or what is it, everlasting gobstopper of entertainment I have to offer you guys every single week. So again, if I don't get to see you before, happy new years to all of yours. Do not wait for one day to make changes. Start today and stop saying one day. Change those around and say day one. Happy holidays to your family. Maybe even happy late Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, New Year, Christmas, whatever you celebrate, Buddhism. Namaste. <laughs> I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for everything. And of course, we have so much more greatness moving forward into the 2024. Love you guys. Anime Senpai! Out.